So it's, it's now the time where we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, slightly, um, yes, yeah, slightly different format of service than what we are used to, but, um, but hopefully it's going to be enjoyable for, for everyone. So um, what we decided to do as, as, as a YoPro group, um, we kind of made a theme, a theme we had, a, had our own theme scripture, um, which is what I'm sharing right now, um, which I'll read in, in a moment. Um, and the, the basis of that we, we came up with this scripture was we, we were thinking about our, our sort of theme as YoPros for the year. And surprise, surprise, uh, losing control came up as a common theme um, across the group. So we decided that uh, we were going to use this scripture as our theme scripture, which I'll read just now for us. So it's in Isaiah 43 um, and it's verses 18 to 21. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. It's a very, um, yeah, it's a very epic and sort of powerful scripture. And, um, you know, what, what we wanted to do today is, is sort of use our group of YoPros. Um, so bear with me in a moment whilst I um, spotlight all of our panellists today. But we're going to do sort of a panel format where we're going to have the opportunity to just, just ask some of our group some questions around this idea of losing control. So bear with me one moment. I'm just going to uh, spotlight our panelists so we, we all know who we're, um, who we're hearing from today. Um, my, my, uh, my first question, uh, I'm gonna ask Agnes my first question. So Agnes, I think this is something that a lot of us can relate to, but sometimes in our lives, we go through these sort of transitional periods where um, you know, we, we kind of have to find our feet a little bit and we end up losing control so how, how do you deal with that yeah that's a really good question Elliot I, I feel like I can definitely relate to that a lot um, as many of you might know I moved from Sweden uh, nine months ago to the UK and um, I think when moving or going through a transition um, we're almost forced to lose control in many ways um, and since everything is new you don't really you don't really know what to control in a way. So I feel like mm. this whole year has been about um, not taking control and learning how to lose control to God. Mm. Um, so for me, just moving here has been quite challenging in many ways with, you know, just COVID, but also just being in a new country and just learning more new things about myself um and i think what's been the most challenging has been um especially when it comes to losing control is um that i've let go of i've had to let go of many strongholds in my life that i had in sweden um so before i came here for example i had a lot of security in 
um, just my church in Sweden and where I grew up and just my image as I grew up and the way people perceived me and how I was known in Sweden. Um, also my family uh, who I grew up with in the church. Um, I think they gave me kind of an identity in Sweden, um, but also just my friends and who I knew and just my merits or like my accomplishments in life could give me a lot of security. Um, so I think when entering a new situation, a lot of things um, get exposed in a new way that I've never really seen before. Um, and I think in my own character, what I've, uh, what I've seen since coming here um, has just been a lot of new things that I've never really um, identified with before. Um, and I think that has triggered just a lot of defensiveness in myself, um, just seeing new things that I don't want to identify with. And then instead of really dealing with it, I just want to push it away and ignore it. Um, so some of the things has been just my pride and defensiveness, um, my sensitivity to criticism. Um, I've been a lot more aware of just what people think about me. And um, I think I've also struggled to just find a purpose in a new place because um, in Sweden I, I had such a clear uh, vision of my purpose and like where I wanted to focus uh, my time or just in my faith where my dreams were um, so I think yeah just a lack of purpose and direction has also made me feel like I question my faith sometimes and really question um, like how am I Christian in England and am I Christian and like what can I rely on for my faith um so I, I think instead of dealing with with these things I've been very tempted to just push them away and ignore them and feel irritated with those things and and just defend myself so if someone points something out I can just like get defensive and you know uh, really push back um and instead of taking the opportunity to really work on it. Um, I can just be like, no, that's not me. And that's not who I was in Sweden. So it's probably not true. But I think the key to really um, lose control uh, in this situation is to really accept my weakness and to really um, identify with my sin, uh, but also really learn to dwell in God's love and his patience and his grace with me and really let him unfold my journey and just let him expose new things in me so that, that I can grow as a Christian um, and so that I can just, you know, let go of my control and just freely live um, and just, yeah, let him um, take control of my journey and just trust his journey and his plan for my life. Um, and also thinking about the scripture, um, do you want to get it? Yeah, just forget about the former, former things. Do not dwell on the past because I'm doing a new thing. That's what God says, that he's, he's creating something new in me and in my life. So I can just let go of former things in my life and just look forward. So I think that's how I feel like I've uh, learned to lose control in the last year. Thanks for sharing that, Agnes. That's um, I think that's super relatable, um, but also quite vulnerable. So appreciate that. But um, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely something that a lot of us relate to. Um, and I think what you mentioned about kind of your circumstances changing there as well. Um, I think that really can sort of stir up these kind of feelings within us. So 
I suppose on on that point of sort of circumstances changing, um, I'm going to ask this question to Alex, uh, Alex Clegg. What what kind of circumstances in our lives present opportunities for us to lose control or give up control? Mm, thanks, Elliot. I think um, I think there are two sort of things that really jump to my mind. Um, and I and before I kind of get into those, I think. Um, I was just thinking how actually, you know, losing control, I think, particularly just in the way that the, that idea is phrased, can be quite sort of daunting, maybe, or it can be a bit like, in some sense, kind of unnatural. But I do, I think, having reflected a bit, I really believe that, you know, that the Bible and our faith really tells us that this is actually kind of a way to really enrich our lives um, by kind of giving that control over to God and, and letting go of it ourselves. So I think um, in terms of what circumstances um, give us opportunities, well, I think the first thing is that, and, and perhaps a more sort of simple answer is that I think difficult circumstances can present us with opportunities to lose control. You know, I think when we are faced with something in life where the situation just automatically makes us feel out of control you know some unexpected event or or difficult circumstance uh hits us then i think that that's definitely um you know a kind of circumstance that gives us an opportunity to to you know take that to our relationship with god and try and um, surrender it and lose control um you know an example from my life would be um that so I'm, as many of you may know, I'm, I'm training to qualify as an accountant and that means lots of exams. Um, and I joined the firm I'm training at off the back of uh, a job in a software company where I just had no idea what was going on. I was completely sort of out of my depth. And basically, um, me and that company parted ways on a very mutual basis. You know, people always talk about relationships breaking up. It was mutual, you know, and it was like that. I, I was, I was kind of struggling. They were struggling to train me. And I, so I got this other job and left, handed my notice in and like the relief on my manager's face was visible. It was great. Um, but so I'd, I'd learned a lesson there about how like God had taught me a load of stuff, which is a whole nother conversation. But I came into this, this new job with exams with that as my last experience with job. And then we had these, these exams in twos and the, the first two exams came, there were six graduates in my team uh, and one of them failed one of our exams, got a reset um, and then failed a second time and then was basically just fired straight away. Um, and I was kind of like, well, that's quite intense. You know, you don't get many chances. Um, especially cause she was actually a qualified lawyer. So she was pretty, she was pretty smart and she just, was fired and then basically on the second round of exams I failed one of them myself and so I kind of had this reset and you get these exam results the next day so it's like you come out of the exam and you just can't relax it's super nervy and I I remember in that whole period I mean I thankfully I did pass um, um but it, it was a really difficult circumstance having kind of had a one job be a full start my second job I was like it's like surely not again god you like and, I, and I, I felt that I was, it really actually helped me get close to God because I was able to be like, you know what, I think God had given me this job and it's kind of his to, his to give to me, his to take away kind of thing. And I, I really felt like I was able to, in some sense, lose control because of that more difficult circumstance. 
Um, but I think, I think, you know, I think in some ways we don't necessarily have to wait for those difficult circumstances to arise. I think we can also think, you know, maybe reflect on our lives and, and almost look at the things that aren't so difficult right now and just try and put those things before God as well. Um, I think for me, an example on that front would be something like my relationship with Alice, where, you know, <laughs> thankfully that's not caused me lots of anguish in the same way. It's been, it's been a great blessing in my life. Um, but it's still something where I think over that, over the period of our relationship, it's been, um, there have been times where I think I've been more like kind of surrendered to God in terms of just under, like being grateful to God for enabling this, this to happen kind of thing. And then there have been times where I've been more like, um, I guess more just thinking about it kind of in my terms without bringing God into the picture. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, in, in answer to the question, I think there's those difficult circumstances where we really have opportunities to lose control and give things to God. But also, I think we can really just look at all areas of our lives. Um, I think, you know, another verse that I just wanted to reference briefly is when Jesus says in Matthew 16, um, 25, he says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And I think, I just love the way he says, you know, you'll find your life. I think it is counterintuitive, but I think we really do have, just by, by trying to reflect on those circumstances that we can um, give over to God, we really have, you know, it's, it's, it's a chance to just really enrich our lives. I think God is really good in that way. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, Alex. I, um, yeah, I really, I really appreciate your sharing there and, and think also that's, um it's really helpful actually to hear as well um as i think from like for me i i think i'm a very sort of exhibit a example of um seeing difficult circumstances i guess as almost like a bad thing or like you know i've, I've lost a handle on something which it's so easy to do but um you know i, I really find that it affects me when I, when I get into the space where I'm trying to keep control of everything and thinking that I'm, I'm trying to go in this direction. So um, if, if, if things start changing from that perspective, you know, it really, it, it affects me and also affects how I respond to other people. Um, but yeah, thanks, Alex. Really appreciate that. Um, so I suppose, I suppose just, just on that point of how it can also affect other people, um Emily I'm going to ask ask you what what do you think are the main reasons that we want to be in control and how has that affected your relationships very good question um I think for me just with all of this regarding um losing control like obviously it all came from the yopos and we were all like talking about it and stuff and I think what came up um, a lot in all of this was like dancing. And I feel like this year, probably a lot of us are missing big crowds of dancing, etc. You have to remember um, Kaiser and Chevy on the dance floor, many church events and letting their hairs down, going crazy. I think for me, like there's such a beautiful thing in the fact, as all of us have said, of that um, like top tier when you're like losing control like Agnes has talked about it regarding moving country Alex has talked about it regarding jobs and I think it's one of those that is actually like 
when you see it, so I'm just picturing now like Anna Kaiser and Chevy dancing, a Thames Valley event, letting their hair down. And it's the best thing. Like, I love it. I want to join them. Alice and me probably are there as well. And it is the best thing. I think for me, like for all of us, we know that's what we need to do. And I think in life in general, like all of us know that the end result is that we need to be letting God be in control. Um, and I think for me, I don't like that. Like I'm a bit of a control freak if you didn't know that about me. Um, I'm very much like want to be the one that's like organising, planning and quite frankly, like COVID with this year, like it's just not let us really. Um, and so I think for me that I just really have to go back to like, the basics of just understanding and like hearing all of these um stories and situations that we've all gone through and just being reminded of like it's like baby steps of like letting God be in control because it's not easy like there are always times as you spoke about it Elliot like you want to be the one that's like um, learning something or doing it and like doing stuff like that but like actually baby steps to get there and I think for me what's really helped me is just like seeing God as more of a um like friend of like actually just like the little prayers that I have with him or the little like situations where I'm like oh my gosh God like what am I meant to do like this is such a hard week month year whatever like what's this like looking at the future and like stressing about that or like work whatever the situations I think that all of us can face in our lives um I think for me that I just really need to go back to like the basics of like that foundation of like God loves me God's meeting me where I'm at and actually like handing these little small tokens over to God will get me to that like pinnacle of dancing with no control just letting my hair down and that to me is like the perfect like I just think about that's like the perfect journey um to get there so I'm unsure if I really answered your question but to me I was just thinking about all of this regarding um Anna Kaiser and Chevy dancing and I just felt like that was a really good analogy that all of us need to remember um yeah did I answer your question yeah no you did you did and uh we appreciate the analogy I I I can picture that very clearly so uh it's helpful (laughs) but um but no I totally um I totally agree I think it's kind of like you know it's a good analogy because it is when we when we are able to give up that control to god which is easier said than done to be honest but um and, and a lot of time we kind of don't know if, if we've achieved that like or, or like it's hard for other people from the outside to tell whether you're really in that place so it really is a thing between between you and god um which i yeah i think that that analogy is helpful from the perspective of you know, when we are in that space, we're able to just like give that joy fr- freely because we're not we're not sort of um, tied down by our own stresses and our own agendas. So, I think um, yeah, that's that's really helpful, Emily. Thank you. Um, so, Alice, what helps you when you feel out of control, and how do you find contentment in being out of control? Good questions. Um... I think for me, one of the first things in when I do feel out of control is I think I have to admit to myself that I am out of control. And I think maybe a bit like Em's, you know, I think maybe a lot of us have a tendency, and I certainly do, to try and 
kind of hang on to control and sort of try and make things happen as you know so for instance for me if anyone doesn't know I'm a vet and I've only been working as a vet for about a year and a half um and part of being a vet is operating obviously on people's beloved pets and I think for me one big thing I found starting my job was the enormous responsibility I felt doing a surgery looking at an artery and think and and looking at it tying it off and thinking I really hope that that doesn't start bleeding <laughs> you know or that my knot doesn't fall off and I think for me my tendency was to think right I've got to do I've got to practice I've got to do more of these I've got to um you know make myself become capable and really pressurizing myself rather than thinking okay actually there is an element to this which I can't control you know and I need to hand that to God um so I think that's the first step for me is admitting that maybe I can't control every element of a situation um I think then remembering who God is um I think I have a tendency to put God in a bit of a box and to think you know okay yeah God can do some things but you know this is in my control and, and it's down to me um, so for instance I've got to time for this artery if I can't do it then it's going to bleed to death and die rather than thinking you know actually God is God and actually he if the knot did fall off he could stop it you know why couldn't he you know if that makes sense um, so really remembering that not to just limit God to how I think he is um, and then I think putting those things together really just praying about it um, there's a great verse I've been reading Chronicles recently and um, probably a few of us are familiar with the story where um, Jehoshaphat, who's a king of, of uh, I think it's Judah rather than the whole of Israel. But anyway, he's faced with a huge army um, and he's a great man of God. And he says uh, he's praying before all of his people, all of his subjects. So, you know, he might think he has to save face before, but he says to God, he, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's uh, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12, if anyone's interested. Um, but I think that idea of really admit, I think that's that process there, you know, this situation is too much for me, but God, you can do, deal with it and taking that to him. Um, and I think that whole process of accepting being out of control actually helps to find contentment. Um, I think Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 10, a famous, really famous verse, um, but Paul is sort of wrestling with with a weakness um, and, and God says to him, you know, my grace is sufficient for you um, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And I think it's actually when we're out of control, when we feel weak or inadequate or whatever it is, or rubbish, like um, that, actually, that is when. God's power is resting on us and without going through those um, situations where we feel really out of control uh, then we don't have as much of a chance to have God's power rest on us um, so I think you know remembering that is is what really helps can really help me to be um, content or more content in situations where I'm out of control wow thanks thanks Alice um, I relate to that so much like I think you've you just like summarized pretty much how I've been feeling for like the past year <laughs> but um I think yeah I think that's that's super helpful like uh, it's it's such a good point that um you know when we 
when we kind of rely on ourselves and think of ourselves too much as you know the difference maker in mm. uh, in our lives like you know I, I find I do this all the time working in sales it's almost like I'm, I'm taught to do it um, yeah. so it's it's so hard to get to that place of actually I know that I'm not the one that's going to make things go well here <laughs> um, and being in that place of trusting that actually God is going to come through for me um, and getting to that place where you are, where you're, where you're confident in that is, um, is a real, you know, mm. it's, it's a, firstly, it's the place we want to be in our lives. And also um, I suppose it's, it's not an easy thing to get to, but it is mm. something that requires trust. So yeah, I totally relate to that, Alison. Appreciate your sharing. So thank you. Um, finally, um, Ben, for our last last question um, of our panel. So what helps um, or, or what do you have any scriptures for us that help you to feel OK with not being in control? And um, or, or do you have any any scriptures that actually talk about us giving up control? Great question. Um, I think it's funny because uh, the title of kind of the, the whole the whole service being losing control is quite an interesting one because when you look at the Bible, the uh, the view the Bible puts on whether we had control in the first place is quite radical. I'm just going to share a couple of verses here in the chat box. Um, but if you look, the first one I've got is in James uh, chapter four. I just want to read this first because I think you know we as people we love control don't we we love control because we feel like we can say what's going to happen tomorrow and then we know we'll be okay and we know that things will go how we want when we look at god's view of whether we had control in the first place we actually find something in the bible which is quite different to that if we look in james chapter 4 it says in verse 13 now listen you who say today or tomorrow we will go to do this or that city spend a year there carry on business and make money why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes i mean that's quite a that's quite a sort of uh, if, if 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 that was written by written to someone who thought they had control and they read that i think that would be a bit of a gut punch because i think all of us realize at some point in our lives we don't have control and uh, it's as christians so many of us become Christians because we realize we never had control in the first place. I think for me, um, you know, I think since I was young, I've always sort of, when you're young, you have sort of irrational fears of, of dying or getting hurt and these sorts of things. And I think because of that, that made me really see my need for God because just with everything in life, there's no, nothing's guaranteed. I get to work as a dentist. It's one of the great things that sort of God blesses me with, but um one of the things that I get to, to do is I get to talk to people, I actually get to interact with people almost the same amount as I did pre-COVID as, as I do now, which is quite fun. But um, people often ask me, what's it been like as a dentist? And I sort of make some sort of joke about how we had to do two months of phone call dentistry and, you know, talk about putting my hand into the receiver and it coming around, coming out the other end and trying to fix their teeth through the phone. You know, obviously great joke. And then they'll say, do I have to take my mask off before I have, before you look at my teeth? And I'll say, well, it's kind of hard to do it otherwise, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I've probably made that joke about 150 times in the last, you know, last year, last year or something. And um, 
but people ask me, you know, what's it been like? And I say, well, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I, I, I use it, I always use it as a chance if I can to share my faith. And um, I say, I think because of there being such a difference in what's been going on, because of coronavirus, we can't see people. Two things I always say, I say, number one, we appreciate family more because they're the people we get to see all the time and to have real life interactions or generally we get to spend time with family. The quality of those, those, those interactions are so valuable because we don't get to spend time with as many people otherwise. And the other thing I always try and say is I think people have been seeing their need for God more because I think things like the lockdown and the coronavirus pandemic have made us realize that we're not in control. And because of that, there's nowhere to turn except God. And that's what James is saying here. He's saying, you don't, you never had control. You know, we, we talk about losing control, but God says you never had control. And the second verse I want to share, um, which is in Matthew chapter 10, uh, this is a very special verse. And this is the interesting thing is I think why we so often we become Christians when we realize we don't have control is because it allows us to give control over to someone who does have control. And that's God. Um, and he's really the only person who could ever have control. And it says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, this is Jesus uh, talking, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. You know, there's this incredible idea that, you know, we worry about, oh, my goodness, you know, I don't know what to do with my life and what's going to happen in this situation, what's going to happen in that situation. And we think our, our problems are sort of the only the only problems that any of us have. But then we look at Jesus and Jesus says, look, the sparrows have their problems and God sorts out their problems and their problems are so much smaller than ours because they're so much smaller beings. But God looks even after them and none of them fall to the ground without God looking after them or without God knowing about it, without God being in control. And it's the same for us. God knows, Jesus says again, that God knows how many hairs are on my head, how many hairs are on your head and uh, everything that's in our lives. And he's the one, therefore, that is in control because he's the only the only being who truly has um, true dominion and true knowledge of what is absolutely true and what is not true what is absolutely of value, what is absolutely not of value, what will happen and what won't happen, what the ultimate purpose of everything is. He's the only person who knows that. And that's why I think, again, when we realise we never had control, it only makes sense to go to God, give our lives to him, because he's the only being who really should be entrusted with control, because he is God and he is uh, he's divine and he has power over everything. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'd say. I think, uh, yeah, the Bible has some pretty radical things to say, but at the end of the day, God knows and we don't. Wow, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think um, that was that was really helpful, um, really helpful. And I just love hearing from all of you guys um, uh, about, you know, about your perspectives. But also, Ben, it's really helpful to hear about what the Bible says about it and I think um, I found it really helpful just just even then when you said it again about the idea that sometimes we feel like we're losing control, but we actually never had it in the first place. And in, in a way, when I thought about that, I was like, well, that, that actually made me feel like, oh, like relief, like it's like weight off your shoulders because actually you realize that um, 
you're not carrying this whole everything on your back you know it's not about that um you never had control in the first place uh, it's actually just a case of not trusting um enough in in the god that you know that does provide so really helpful um and and thanks i think malcolm popped pop both of those scriptures in the in the chat so thanks malcolm i think i would encourage everyone like th i find this so helpful just to hear from people who are in similar situations to me um some people who are in different situations but you know just just to be able to share with friends and hear other people's perspectives on these things and talk about it like one of the most helpful things when you're feeling stressed about um maybe a, a pl plans you had for your life or whatever it is maybe the um the lack of clarity of what those actually are maybe you know it's different for everyone but i would encourage you all to have conversations like these with your your peers um and your friends and your family and hear people's perspectives you know i think it's really valuable and you know today thank thank you all of you guys for sharing that hopefully everyone found that useful just to you know be a fly on the wall and um you know here's some different perspectives and also here's some really helpful scriptures so yeah big thanks to um to the panelists um thank you for everyone to to listening today um i'm going to hand over to um jess and francois now for the um communion but yeah just final thing from me really before i do that i just yeah i just wanted to to say to everyone and, and just remind everyone that um you know this this is really something that we all struggle with in different ways um and i just want to encourage everyone to use each other you know use each other use use your friends to help you um figure out those things and figure out those feelings um and, and help each other to point each other to the to the scriptures that god provides us with that talk about the fact that he he knows how um you know how to bless us and we just need to be able to trust in that so yeah thanks guys um over to jess and francois thanks els um <clears throat> Yeah, just want to reiterate all of that. Just really, really grateful for all the vulnerability there. And um, it's just, it's been really fun to listen to that. So thank you guys for sharing so openly. Um, yeah, so me and Jess are going to take on the communion, which is uh, just a time for us to, to focus on uh, Jesus and just the sacrifice of, of really his body for our sin and our freedom. Um so Jess, if you wanna if you wanna unmute and just read that, read the scripture for us. Um yeah, so I'm gonna be reading from Hebrews 13, verse 12 to 15. It's a bit different to what's on the slide, but yeah. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I think this is when we first discussed the scripture, I was a bit like, hmm, okay, how can I how can I really relate this to communion? And it, you know, Jess just su suggested it. But when I started looking at it and like the language that's used in it, I just felt very impacted because it's it's they use such a strong um they use really strong language basically to compare Jesus. Uh, and and you know him dying on the cross and the way he was treated to sort of the way they treated um the sacrifices in those days in in the holy ceremonies um especially with the analogy of their bodies being burnt outside of the camp but their blood being used in the ceremony in the holy place and i think what's really impacting is in verse 13 it's it's saying for us like we're called to go outside of the camp to the body that's going to be burnt not to like join in in this ceremony with the with the animal's blood if you get the if you get the analogy there um in a sense just saying like join jesus in his disgrace like that's what we're called to do is to join jesus in his disgrace rather than to i think look for religious honor like that for me is just what stood out in this um which I think, yeah, it's very easy. And it goes with this theme of control. Um, when we talk about control and just how even in the religious world and on, on earth, we can seek security and control in so many ways. And again, just talking about religious honor. Um, but that's not what Jesus stood for. Like he's, he's called us to be outcast in a sense and, and to not have this control, to not, you know, to not be part of these um, ceremonies and blah 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 but but to let go and to go to his body outside of the city get outside of the camp you know and to, to join him there basically in his disgrace um yeah i just think that's it's i find that really really impacting especially on a communion level just what jesus really stood for like we get the chance to be freed you know from our sin from these um securities and um <clears throat> Yeah, just to focus on the simplicity, really, uh, of Jesus. Um, yeah, and Jess, if you want to share just from some of the verses you had. Um, yeah, so following that verse 14 stood out to me, especially the second part where it said, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Um, so it made me think of, yes, we can value the things that we have now currently and the life that we're living currently, but also to remember to look ahead, to look forward to the promise of eternal life that was only made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Um, and also linking to, I guess, the lose control theme, um, you can really feel encouraged in, in the fact that um, our eternal life is secure, it is a promise. So we don't, that's not something we have to worry about. Um, and um, also in verse 15, where it says, therefore, through Jesus, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Um, I found this interesting because um, usually when I think of sacrifice, especially as a Christian, you might go to um, what we're talking about now, Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. But God doesn't expect from us, from what I'm getting from this scripture, the same degree of sacrifice. He's asking us to continually offer a sacrifice of praise um so for me it's about um it keeps me accountable because 
for me that's something I'm working on being able to praise God confidently and proudly not only privately but publicly whether that's um, through conversations with friends or just interweaving it in conversations in a natural way when I feel it's appropriate to talk about um, so yeah and also it's if you think about it deeply a sacrifice of praise it's not really a big ask like you can praise God in so many different ways and it doesn't really cost much um, and yeah it's important to note that it does say continually so this is this is what God wants us this is how we can please him um, he's focusing more on on praise which is something that comes from the heart rather than any ceremonial um, actions that we could do um, so yeah um, I wanted to ask or wanted you guys to think about um, what does it look like for you to continually offer God a sacrifice of praise um, so maybe you can think about this uh, when we're praying after communion or throughout the week and just see how you can praise God continually in your life mm. yeah there's a lot there to focus on um, so we're going to have a song in a second and just some time to to reflect on on what Jess has been saying and um, yeah just on the sacrifice of Jesus really um, and before that I'm just going to go ahead and pray for us um, yeah <clears throat> Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that we can can still come together, meet together uh, in your name. And um, thank you for everybody who's who's put in the effort just to, to speak today and uh, just to bring glory to your name, God. Um, this is what Jess is talking about, of, of a sacrifice of praise, God. And that's what we want to do. We want to, we really want to use this time to praise you. This is not about you know, um, keeping up church traditions or building accolades or, um, you know, whatever it might be. This is really just, uh, God, our desire is to come together as people who truly love you and, and to sacrifice this time. Um, funny, it doesn't even, it doesn't even, it shouldn't even be called a sacrifice, God, but yeah, just to give this time to you and, um, to praise you during this time i really i really hope god that you can look down and, and just see the love that we have for you and that we have for one another and um, please just times that by 10 and, and work in this church and work in the people that are here and um yeah help us to grow in these things but thank you so much just for for your love god that's the point right now is just to focus on your love and your unending love, your grace uh, and compassion on us and um, just the way you freely give to us, God, the control that you have and the control that is there to benefit us and, and to give us freedom, really. Um, and, um, yeah, I really pray that I just want to thank you, God, uh, for Jesus, uh, your son, who you gave as a sacrifice for our freedom. Uh, and for us to be able to experience a relationship with you so deeply and so closely, so intimately, God, intimately, God, um, thank you for that. I pray that we can just be impacted by that more and more. Um, yeah, Father, I really just pray for for this situations in India and and just everything going on in the world, and and that we can just continue to see. Yeah, I pray just that we can see your love in all of this too. Um, but yeah, Father, I love you deeply and pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.